Welcome to episode 36 of Casting the Net with Father Dave and Rick. In today's episode, the guys do another discussion on Joseph Ratzinger's book, Introduction to Christianity. Although today's episode is not so much about the book itself as it is about some of the lessons from the book. For example, they go into some detail about vulnerability and how our digital world really packages us. It's a very interesting conversation, so we hope you enjoy this one. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Father Dave Nuss, together with Father of Four, Rick Lingva. Welcome to Casting the Net. We are in search for catching the faith. Hey friends, Father Dave here again with my co-host Rick, and we have been enjoying Introduction to Christianity, an absolutely classic uh, theological presentation of the faith by Joseph Ratzinger that perhaps to some surprisingly uh, is a work that was written 50 years ago and we're reading it with fresh eyes and <laughs> applications that are taking place and Rick I know that when we uh, when we landed the last episode uh, you are eager to launch into the next. <laughs> well, you, you know, you find a, a money quote and you just you, you want to share it. <laughs> please, please, please. You didn't sleep all week. No, no. So this is, um, you know, last time we talked about um, the, the, the fundamental openness of God, even though he's one um, nature, he's, he's three persons in relationship, which has really profound implications for, for our created universe. It's a, it's a universe that is, that is open and particularly for us, particularly for us made for relationship. Um, and on that topic, uh, Cardinal Ratzinger has this to say to him who believes in God as triune, the highest unity is not the unity of inflexible monotony. <laughs> the model of unity or oneness toward which one should strive is consequently not the individuality of the atom, the smallest unity, which cannot be d divided up any further. The authentic acme of unity is the unity of created is the unity created by love. The multi-unity that grows in love is a more radical, truer unity than the unity of the atom. You're going to have to unpack that. I know, I'm not sure I can, but I, I, <laughs> I don't know if I, I can better. I chuckled in the beginning of the quote, not <laughs> yeah. knowing which quote you were pulling. Okay. <laughs> reminded of C.S. Lewis's to me, it's just one of his really delicious questions. Will I be bored in heaven? Yeah, yeah. I'm familiar <laughs> with that one. Yeah. The monotony. That's right. Right? Yeah. Um, well, it's just, uh, you know, I, I think for me, love is hard, right? I mean, yeah. it, it requires yeah, it um, making ourselves vulnerable. Yes. Uh, nobody likes to do that. There's the, the chance that we'll, that we'll be hurt. Um, and so there's a real, real reluctance. I know this from personal experience, sure. but also in people that I've, um, I've known and talked to, sure. um, it's, it's a hard thing and a scary thing to give yourself away in love, um, at whatever level. I mean, there are different levels of doing that. Some, some are, you know, inappropriate at, at some certain times and others are, are fine at other times, but, um, anyway, you slice it, it's difficult. Uh, but for Ratzinger to, to lay, you know, the, the model for unity out in this way um, speaks to just, you know, how ingrained it is in us to, to give ourselves away. And yeah. that there's, there really is nothing to fear. Like that, that's, that's a, uh, that's a phobia that we need to get over. Yes. Right. Um, that I need to remember that, you know, however uncomfortable it might be, 
um, however scary it might be, I find myself in giving myself away. I find myself in losing myself, you know, uh, to echo Thomas Merton, who says that love can only be kept by giving, being given away. Yeah. You know, that um, selfishness will ultimately leave me deeply dissatisfied in life. Mm. Um, that to be a Christian means to leave that behind. Mm. Mm. Boy, think about that in this day and age, right? Mm-hmm. That just resonates with uh, my own experience as well. That God's own vulnerability, if such a thing could ever be ascribed to God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's usually sp- spoken not so much about vulnerability, but in self-emptying, kenosis, the mm-hmm. Greek word. Yeah. In, in total, complete self-giving, self-abandonment, and with a, with a humility that is unimaginable in becoming one like us in sin. Mm-hmm. That vulnerability, and, and, we, and we need to discuss this more because there's, a, there's an appropriate... The, the the world today doesn't understand what vulnerable means. Vulnerable right. doesn't mean going on to these um, these um, sensational shows to be to, <laughs> to air all to be your, saying uh, salacious things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's not vulnerable at all. That's that's mercenary activity because mm-hmm. all those people are compensated for what they do. Yeah. You know we don't we, we forget that. That's right. Uh, a, a vulnerability is a is a is um um. How do we want to say this? It is a, it's an offering of self to other as other with the confidence and the trust that it's, I'll be reverenced and respected mm-hmm. and, and um, protected. Mm-hmm. So we're not talking about recklessness at all whatsoever. Let me come at it a different way and see what you do with this. It just seems today we're so phony and so plastic. Yeah. And when it doesn't work in the real world, oh my gosh, the explosion of the digital world mm-hmm. is the is the desperate presentation of self yeah. as um, attractive and smart and fun and yeah. together. And it's anything but vulnerable. Yeah. Right. It's perfectly packaged. Yep. And if if you've got package, yes, you do. I got package. How about you? I'm gonna out. I'm gonna out present myself. Is that a real chant? From I, I don't know. I like it. It's catchy. But. I think spirit was the was the was the, was the word in high school. But yeah, um, yeah. but there's such a there's such a temptation to present ourselves as we think others want us yeah. to be. We airbrush ourselves on Instagram and Facebook and right. curate our lives. And, right. And there's nothing real and about that. And even yeah. in the ordinary world as yeah, well, you sure, know, how sure. I might interact with colleagues or, or, yeah. or neighbors that I, you know, I, we, we, we don't want to be, we don't dare show our vulnerability. Sure, so we want to show this sort of uh, commanding position of having it all together. Yeah. And um, that, just seems to be exalted in certain in certain worldly standards and it's always empty it's always hollow mm-hmm. it never satisfies yeah yeah a couple of things that popped to pop pop into my mind when you, you know, just what you said there um one obviously the antidote for for the christian or, or the remedy for the christian or the um which which should give us courage in making ourselves vulnerable is is the example of Christ yeah, right who always, is, who is who's is, who is rejected he's always the standard yeah. i mean you you spoke last time eloquently about um Christ as the the divine person who uh takes on flesh and and pours himself out for us you know who is rejected 
Uh, and yet on the cross, his arms are outstretched in an embrace, as the, uh, the church fathers like to, like to point out. Yeah. Um, so if, if we're rejected in our vulnerability, all the better. You know, because it, it gives us the opportunity to yeah. conform ourselves more perfectly yeah. to Christ. Yeah. Which is the, the, the business or the job of the Christian anyway. Yeah. You know, so that's the first thing that comes to mind. The second thing in, in your, your talk of um, artificiality, mm. I, I thought about um, there's a philosopher from the middle part of the 20th century named Robert Nozick. I don't know that. Philosopher. I don't know if he's still alive. American? But, uh, I believe so. Or Canadian, maybe. Okay. I don't remember. He, okay. may, he may still be alive. I don't know. But okay. um, he came up with an interesting thought experiment called the experience machine. <laughs> All right. And he asked the question, you know, if you if you could plug into a machine that would give you, uh, it's, it's virtual, obviously you're not actually living, but if it, if you could plug into that machine and it would give you the, the, the sensations of pleasure and satisfaction in what, whatever form that, you know, that might take, whether it's writing a book or being famous or, you know, sexual pleasure, whatever. And if you could do that for the duration of your life, rather than actually live huh. through all the hardships and pain and, and troubles that we all go through, would you do it? And, and I've used this thought experiment in class before, um, and, and Robert Nozick thinks that most of us would say, no, I, I wouldn't plug in. Like most of us know intuitively, maybe not intellectually, but intuitively, that that's not actually living. Like, like life was made mm. to be more than just that. Mm. Like we want meaning, we want significance, mm. we want to, to get to the bottom of things, to mm. the depths of things. Um, and, and kids in class, when, when I would ask them, that, that, would, that would be their response too. And, and you have to do a lot for the fact that maybe they're just telling me what I want to hear. But um, you also want to give them the, the, the benefit of the doubt and suppose that most of them actually believe that. Mm. But the, the point here is that, um, you know, we, we talked in the section of the book on the relationship between faith and reason about how we're, uh, whether you're a, a proponent of scientism, you know, the belief that science can explain everything, or whether you're a religious believer, you're searching for meaning. You're mm. searching for something mm. deeper than mm. just the facts, mm. right? And if nothing else, the section on the Trinity here that we've, that we've been discussing most recently shows us that the meaning of existence is love, <laughs> coming from a God who is love. And, yes. um, you know, the artificiality of, of um, you know, the world of social media, um, the experience machine that I just referenced, um, the facades that we put up in our just daily interactions with others, uh, brackets that out mm. of life too easily. And we need to be on our guard about that mm. because if we, if we do bracket out love, then we've missed the most fundamental thing about existence. Yeah. I love that. The essential truth, the essential truth is, is God himself is revealed as love. Yeah. And Jesus' yeah. supreme commandment is that of love, mm -hmm. right? Which is a, which is a total self-offering, a total self-giving, a, um, a relinquishment of self for benefit of other. And it, it flies in the face of the world. And thus the need to fortify yourself in the faith, to be strong in the faith, in the face of such resistance. Yeah. So Cardinal Ratzinger has this to say. Being a Christian means essentially, and, and again, this is following on his his uh, ruminations on the Trinity and um, you know the uh, the the incarnation of the second person of the Trinity, um, and what all of that has to do with us concretely. He says, being a Christian means essentially changing over from being for oneself to being for one another. 
This also explains what's really meant by the often rather odd-seeming conception of election, of being chosen. (laughs) It means not a preference that leaves the individual undisturbed in himself and divides him from the others— like, I'm, I'm special, I'm the chosen yes, one, and you're not. Yes, 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 But embarking on the common task of which we spoke earlier. Accordingly, the basic Christian decision signifies the ascent to being a Christian, the abandonment of self-centeredness and accession to Jesus Christ's existence with a concentration on the whole. So an abandonment of self-centeredness. Read that first sentence again from that quote, would you please? Being a Christian means essentially changing over from being for oneself to being for another. My goodness, being a Christian, being a Christian means that. Yeah. Right? It's not about self-promotion. It's not about look at me. It's not about what do I get out of this. Yeah. To keep me in it, I have to get something. But now I'm fundamentally concerned about other. Well, what's, what's interesting is at, at baptism, that, that's who we are now. We're, we're, we're made that whether we want to be it or not. And then it's like the rest of life is us trying to catch up to, to that ontological change. You know? That's totally true. Like I've been changed in my being. I've been conformed to Christ. I am no longer uh, about myself. I'm about others. Mm. Now I have to get my, my freedom and my intelligence caught up to that change. <laughs> and, it's, and it's an arduous, it's a struggle. Oh, you know, it's, it it's a lifelong struggle. It is, it is, it is. Yeah, if we, can, uh, if we could just keep that uh, truth before us in daily living, um, instead of what do I get out of this, instead, um, what is the need of the other, and how might I be able to help? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, I can't. I can't remedy, remedy the need. I was thinking today. I had the opportunity to be in not one but two ICU rooms in a mm-hmm. pretty short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have the power. The power wasn't given to me in either in either moment to uh, to uh, remedy the 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 the, the great. Um, illness that was afflicting both people who were preparing for eternal life. That power wasn't given to me, but a different kind of power was given to me. Um, A power of uh, empathy, uh, a power of entering into other. To this day, I cannot go into an ICU room without having I mean, we could call them flashbacks, uh, remembrances mm-hmm. of my own father's mm-hmm. final moments in mm-hmm. an ICU room. And I was beside him, as, as were my siblings and mm-hmm. my mom and one of my sister's, sister-in-law's um, with a ventilator, ventilator removed. And um, it takes me back to an intensely intimate and personal moment. And by the grace of God, all of that happens in a millisecond. That yeah. that calculation, Grace does this, yep. and it 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 gave me today a capacity for empathy. Yeah, that independent of that suffering for me, which was ten years ago, <laughs> maybe I don't have to the same degree. Mm. Yeah, maybe it would have been more work today. Right, and and kind of forcing myself to be present as uncomfortable as I was then. Yeah. Let me, um, I'm happy to be with you. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to be alongside, I'm honored to be alongside you. Yeah. And to turn to 
two separate families in both instances and say that I prayed for your parent as though I prayed for my own. Yeah. And I knew in my heart that was totally true. Yeah. I mean, the greatest gift we can give if, you know, if, if the last two episodes um, haven't communicated this effectively, well, here, here we go right now. The greatest gift we can give is ourselves, you know, mm. not our wisdom, not our mm. eloquent words, um, just being there. Right. You know, uh, I think about my own experiences as a father, you know, um, with small children, <clears throat> accidents are frequent, skin, skin <laughs> knees, skin elbows, they're frequent. And I, I can, I can give them, you know, oh, you know, th- this happened and you know, your, your cut's going to scab over real soon and the bleeding's going to stop and you're going to feel fine in a minute. I could tell them that and it's all true, Yeah. but that's, that's not going to assuage what, yeah. what's, what's really upsetting them. Yeah. They want me to sit with them and hold them and make them feel like I'm present to them. And that that's how they, they know everything's going to, to know be you all right. care, right? Yes, right? And properly understood, yep. fully understood, it's not care in terms of triage, it's love in yep. terms of offering. Right. What if we were to be communities of faith? Imagine if our parishes were known mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, and right? then we would simply be living out our, our baptismal call. Yeah. Right? I mean, God doesn't remedy every ill in our lives. Yes. But he is always... In in ways that we want him to right. remedy. He remedies not Not all. immediately. <laughs> it's, not, it's not an instantaneous, yes. you know, oh, I feel better. Yes. But he is always present. Yes. And that in itself is uh, a, a deeper, more profound remedy. Yes. Yeah. Friends, we are so grateful for you spending another part of your day with us. <laughs> uh, j- thank you. We're We're humbled. And we're uplifted in knowing that there are others who have found value and assistance and help in the conversation that we share. It 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 actually amazes us. We enjoy mm-hmm. simply sharing in conversation with each other. Right. We, we we'd do this if no one was listening. Right. So, we actually th- would. Th- thank you for being a part of it. Humbling us to be a part of it. Yeah, we love that you're a part of it. And um we just we ask God to bless you profoundly and favor you and favor your families as you continue to to um, advance in the adventure that is love. It's God's adventure in which we live, and we're casting the net. Friends, he's Rick, and I'm Father Dave, a dad and a priest, together trying to become better fathers by catching Christian faith. Thanks for joining us for our conversation, and we hope that you'll connect with us next week for Casting the Net.